Hey guys, Jules here. So today is our first of three of what we are calling feature stories for our series on the Catholic blogger. So why are we doing these? (laughs) Why are we adding this bonus series for Catholic blogger? Well, last month we had really wonderful feedback about our series on Catholic fiction. But the episode people really liked was the bonus episode we did with Eleanor Nicholson and her book, A Bloody Habit. And it wasn't just because Eleanor and her book are wonderful, although I'm sure that's at the heart of it. But here's here's what I really liked. I liked taking an abstract idea, fiction is important, and making it as personal as possible. We liked using the story of Eleanor to tell the story of Catholic fiction. But then something else happened when I was doing an interview with Simka Fisher, who is a blogger you'll be hearing from later this month. She said something which I thought was really interesting. You're very much encouraged at every turn to figure out what your brand is and what kind of, you know, what what's your what's your brand? You know, you can customize everything down to a T. In other words, what Simka is saying here is that oftentimes bloggers feel that they have to have some kind of niche. She said, if you're going to have a niche, then make it something you're genuinely passionate about. Don't force it. So what about these niche bloggers, these bloggers who write for a particular demographic in mind, and sometimes even offer link-ups or aspects of their blog which appeal to a certain type of audience? In this feature series, we are going to talk to three bloggers, three of these niche bloggers, bloggers who have had an incredible success both within Catholic and non-Catholic audiences, and who offer something within in a particular genre of blogging. Now, when I decided to start this series, there was one blogger who I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed (laughs) would talk to me. Hi, my name is Ginny Scheller. I have followed Ginny and her blog, Small Things, for several years. I have loved reading about her family, her life on a homestead, her life in Virginia. My childhood home is only about an hour away from her her yarn along links, and even her various name changes. Goodness, it's gone through a couple name changes. I think the first the first name was Musings of an Ex-Punk Homeschooling Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you a little bit about me. Uh, so... This is the story of a yarn along and the power of beauty. Like I first mentioned, I have followed Ginny and her blog for quite some time now, I guess about eight or nine years. And we'll get to what made me first interested in a bit. But as always, to understand the story of the blog, we have to go back to the beginning, to that very first post. And for Ginny, her original intentions were a bit different than the final outcome. I started off with a blog about 
adoption because we were in the process of adopting. And it's a long process. And that was a way to keep friends and family like abreast of what's going on and where you are in the process. I probably would have never started a blog otherwise. Ginny even admitted in her early days, the very idea of blogging made her a bit uncomfortable. When I first became aware of blogging, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, you got to be kidding me. Why would anyone want to read about uh, what what we did today? But as her adoption was finalized, Ginny realized how much time she was putting into her blog and figured that since she enjoyed it, she would start to document other parts of her life as well. As Ginny mentioned at the top of the episode, the name of her blog went through a bit of an evolution. <laughs> First, it started, as she mentioned, as musings of a former punk homeschooling mom. <laughs> Sometime after her conversion, it became small things with great love. And then it became what it is today, small things. And in those early days, the new blog's purpose was pretty simple. I think that original intent there was just to document our days as a young family. And we were doing things, my husband and I, quite differently than the way that our parents did. I mean, the major one being that we are both converts to Catholicism. Ginny converted to Catholicism shortly after the birth of her second child. And as she mentioned, their lives looked a bit different to family and friends around her. They didn't have a television, they spent a lot of time outdoors, they kept a large garden, and they have eight children. And this vision of their life, this semi-countercultural vision, if you will, became the first connecting force Ginny thought she might have with others in the blogging world. I think in a way, I thought that blogging might be a good way to connect with other people doing the same thing. But here's where I made a mistake. <laughs> As we spoke, I kept using this term, simple or a simple life. I would say your life seems so simple and beautiful. And Ginny was quick to gently correct me. Our life is beautiful, she reminded me, but it is anything but simple. It's certainly not simple to have eight kids to homeschool them. And then you add these things that it's kind of comical that people sort of equate the homesteading, the goats, the, the beekeeping, whatever, with simplicity, because man, that stuff just really complicates your life. <laughs> This gets to an interesting component of Jenny's blog, and I'm sure other blogs like hers. Sometimes we, the audience, can equate the countercultural life of Jenny's homesteading, raising animals, homeschooling, to a life without worry and even without work. But that's actually not the purpose of what Ginny is trying to do. Which brings me to something a little new that we're doing for this feature blogger series. Remember, part of this journey into the world of Catholic blogs is understanding how our own stories fit in. If the audience isn't being impacted by these blogs, then what's the point? So here are my three favorite lessons or my three takeaways from being a longtime reader of Ginny's. Lesson one, a huge part of Ginny's appeal is her writing style. 
I asked Ginny a couple of times throughout our interview if she considered her site to be a Catholic blog. And her answer was basically yes and no. Yes, she does share about their family's faith life. Faith is central to who they are after all. But her writing is also remarkably accessible to Catholic and non-Catholic audiences. Here's Ginny's take on it. You know, I think I, I just, I write with a more universal readership in mind because that is just what comes more naturally for me. I think because of my background, because I was raised Protestant and my whole family is Protestant. And here's why how Ginny writes is so wonderful. There are many, many blogs out there by devout, brilliant Catholic women who are doing more documenting of their Catholic lives. They are writing about liturgical feasts, their family prayer life, church teachings, etc. And these blogs are important. Of course they are. We're going to spend a whole series on them. (laughs) But there isn't one right way to be a Catholic blogger. And Ginny's blog and her writing style are actually inherently Catholic. I like talking about those things that are just more universal. And, you know, that's I think that's a very Catholic thing to do, you know. But here's the thing. What makes Ginny's blog so wonderful isn't simply her universal writing. In fact, one of the things that makes Ginny's blog so accessible and popular is what she's often able to do with very few words. I'm very introverted and I go through phases where I just feel like I have no words. (laughs) So, but I have photos. Which brings me to my second lesson of Ginny's blog, and that's the power of beauty. Earlier when I kept misusing this phrase, a simple life. (laughs) Well, part of the reason I was using the phrase to begin with is because Jenny's blog itself is, in a sense, simple in the manner or the way in which Jenny tells stories. Anyone who's ever visited Ginny's website knows that one of her greatest gifts is documenting her family's life through photography. I can't really describe just how beautiful these pictures are or how powerful they can be to tell the story of Ginny's life. These pictures, these glimpses into Ginny's world are essential to her mission as a blogger. But beautiful pictures don't often tell the full story. Beautiful pictures aren't even about simplicity. They are, believe it or not, (laughs) about beauty. You know, blogging is really deceptive. I really enjoy the art of it, like the craft of it, capturing beauty with my camera, sharing it there. But I don't like the thought of people coming to my blog and getting this wrong impression that everything is simplicity, you know? (laughs) that we're living a simple life. No, guys, I'm kind of on a hamster wheel here. And, and that's part of why I continue to blog because the blog helps me to kind of sharpen my focus on what is beautiful, what is good, not on all the places I feel like I'm failing every day. And it has really helped me to pursue beauty in my life And I would say that would be the number one thing that I would want my readers to take away, not look, her life is so beautiful, but 
hey, her life has got to be pretty complicated, but she's finding beauty there. And I can do the same in my life. People have asked Ginny over the years if evangelization is a motivation for her blogging. And the question, frankly, is a fascinating one. We often think of evangelization as being through the written word. Many bloggers we will be talking to this month do this very well. They use their blogging platform to catechize and evangelize, often through articulate arguments and and effective teaching. But Ginny's method of evangelization is different. She introduces people to the great mystery of God through beauty. The work of evangelization then is placed in God's care. I really strongly believe that beauty evangelizes. So when I'm asked, you know, are you evangelizing through your blog? Well, if I am, that's the Holy Spirit. I think it's a natural effect when you're sharing beauty because beauty brings us closer to God and God's obviously, you know, the author, the source of all beauty. But there is one other way Ginny's blog introduces people ever so subtly into the life of faith, into the transcendental mystery of God. And we come to our third takeaway of Ginny's blog, and that's the power of being a creative. Many followers of Ginny's blog over the years know of her love and devotion to knitting. And I had assumed this devotion was ingrained in her life from a young age, as it was with me and many others who knit or crochet. But that actually wasn't the case for Ginny. I actually don't think I ever witnessed someone knitting until I was in college. In fact, no one in Ginny's family ever knitted, and she didn't learn about the practice until college when a close friend, Summer, taught her. And Ginny practiced a bit, dabbled in the hobby here and there, but for the most part, she didn't really think about knitting again until after her second child was born. I don't even know why I decided to pick it up. My my two, my two big boys, my 18 and my 15-year-old were little boys. And I just know I started knitting when they were little before I had any more children. Ginny enjoyed the hobby enough to decide to become more devoted to the practice. She took a few private classes at a local store and even made beanbag toys for her young boys. And then she stopped again. And then I lost interest and set it aside for another few years, didn't think about knitting at all. But then Ginny and her family began the long process of adoption. As we already mentioned, this was a pivotal moment for Ginny and her family, not simply because they were adding another member to their family, but the stress of the adoption process often wore on Ginny. In the midst of the year with Ginny's family going through the adoption and with Ginny being pregnant with her fourth baby, Ginny decided to try knitting one more time. And after taking a few more classes, knitting finally clicked. I became just sort of addicted to it. I was knitting all the time. I have a picture of myself. It's probably on my blog somewhere where I've got Beatrix on my back in a, you know, a baby carrier and I'm in the yard like knitting, you know. Now this newfound love of Ginny's slowly started to become a part of her everyday life, what we might call the becoming ordinary in the flows of Ginny's family. 
And as a result, she would start to share different knitting projects on her blog. And soon, Ginny had an interesting revelation. If writing about adaption and writing about their countercultural lifestyle could unite Ginny with others in the blogosphere, could knitting also do the same? I just sort of mentioned it, maybe... I don't know how much advance notice I gave. I just, would anybody else be interested in doing sort of a little link up? And so in the fall of 2010, Ginny posted what would become one of her blog's most popular successes, a yarn along, (laughs) a weekly link up from knitters and crocheters across the internet about their latest projects, successes, and sometimes failures. And it is here where my own story, and perhaps many of your stories as well, enters Jenny's. Now, I happen to crochet, not knit. I was taught at a young age, I think, I don't know, I think 13 or so. I was taught by my mom and my grandmother. And I, like so many yarn enthusiasts around the country, looked forward every week to the yarn along. I think, I mean, at least 50 people joined it, which to me was huge. I, I think I remember telling myself, because you feel like you're putting yourself out there when you do a link up, you know? And I remember telling myself, this isn't about like how many people do it. If just a handful of women do it and we enjoy sharing this with each other, that's fine. That's great. I'll keep doing it. But it was it was popular from the start. People really enjoyed doing it. The weekly yarn along lasted seven years and literally hundreds of link ups uniting people all over their country in their mutual love of all things yarn. Ginny took a break from the yarn along in early 2017 after going through what many creatives tend to go through, the pressure of having to produce, having to keep up with weekly projects, especially for an overachiever like Ginny. But don't worry, folks, the yarn along wouldn't stay dormant for long. I think I took off, you know, most of a year. And then it finally occurred to me and I kept getting emails. I missed the yarn along. And, you know, I missed the yarn along, too. It's a it's a nice community and it's nice. It's fun to see what other people are doing. And in my real life, I don't have friends who knit. I have a handful of friends who do. But we're... (laughs) We're in, you know, just kind of a stage of life where it's hard to get together and knit together. And so this was sort of a way to do it virtually. And, you know, there's no substituting real life interaction, but it was it was something it felt, you know, and I do think it is a community. So I brought it back once a month and that has been perfect. The dog I cannot name, friends I do not know. We start in just the same weird, different water, drawn from the same well. You're not the black sheep, you're the one that got away. The spark you held to was taken by the wind back, frozen dirt path. So what are we to make of this as Catholic readers? 
It's obvious the yarn along is one of the reasons why Ginny's blog has been so accessible for non-Catholics. But what about Catholics? Now, I am not one to over-spiritualize. I know sometimes people of faith tend to get a little superstitious in the workings of God and the Holy Spirit. But I actually do think that God is at work here (laughs) because the creative act is inherently a spiritual one. A few years ago, I was in confession, and I basically lumped a bunch of things into the sin of wasting time. (laughs) I confessed my time on social media, my time watching television and Netflix, and my time crocheting. I just lumped them all together. And the priest did something kind of surprising. Now, he gave me the standard lectures about TV and social media, but when it came to crocheting, he looked at me and he smiled. And he said, Jules, God delights when you crochet. (laughs) And as silly as this sounds, he was actually speaking a pretty deep theological truth to me. When we participate in the creative act, we are creating side by side with our creator. We are uniting with him in a unique way, in a beautiful way. And it is here where I will leave you listeners with Ginny and her beautiful blog, Small Things. I know sometimes these stories might seem to end abruptly. They might seem a little incomplete, but that's because our auditory medium can only do so much. I want you, the listener, to check out Ginny's blog for yourself to understand its depth, its beauty, because Ginny's stories like ours are still ongoing. Her invitation into beauty, into the creative acts, is an immense gift for all of us here and now. And her blog has in many ways forced us as an audience to ask our own sets of questions. How are we capturing beauty in our everyday lives? How are we participating in the gift of creation, in the act of creation? Drawing these conclusions, asking these questions can in fact change our lives. Or at the very least, I know it did for me. Many, many thanks to Ginny for letting me interview her about her wonderful blog, Small Things. You can check out her blog at gsheller.com. And I want to give one final pitch for Jenny. She does amazing work with natural dyed yarns and cloths, all of which can be found at her website or in her Etsy shop. Please, please check it out. It's just absolutely beautiful yarn. (laughs) I already know what I'm getting my mom for Christmas. (laughs) And thank you to the Mosleys again for letting me use their amazing song. I'm so, so grateful. God bless you all. And we will see you on Thursday.